Welcome to the Texas Sports Nation podcast. I'm Greg Rogen with the Houston Chronicle. Joined today by Rockets beat writer Jonathan Fagan for a little pre-NBA draft chat. It's hard to believe the draft is just a few days away. It's on Thursday. We're recording this as like the NBA season comes really to its official end. The Warriors are having yet another championship parade in the Bay Area. So we will now turn the page to the upcoming season. Jonathan, how are you today? I'm great. Thank you. How are you? I'm I'm doing well. Um, so it seems like it's been a long time since the draft lottery was held and we found out the Rockets were getting the third overall pick. How much has changed in their approach, you know, in the weeks since then when you look ahead to this draft? Well, I suppose almost anything has changed in their approach. Uh, you know, they sort of have control of one more pick. Uh, trading Christian Wood to the Mavericks for the 26th pick. And maybe that arms them a little better to move up, which I think they would very much prefer to do than to take guys at 17 and 26 in addition to the guy they take third. Uh, That would give them eight first or second year players if there are no other deals on the roster. Uh, That's awfully young team. But other than that, no. I mean, you just do the work. You do the steps. So I don't think the approach changes. You have to act as if when you're picking third, as if you're picking first. You have to do your evaluations as if it's all up to you. And then after that, you've got to be ready because it is a pretty unpredictable stretch from sort of mid-lottery to roughly where the Rockets are back on the clock at seventeen. Would there be any reason to think that Duke's Paolo Bancaro won't be the Rockets' selection at number three? Well, the only reason is he's really good. He'd, he'd be, he would be a good value pick at number one. You know, I don't know. I don't think he will be taken number one this year, but he is of that caliber. Uh, there is nothing that indicates that that will happen. It does appear. The Magic especially seems focused on Jabari Smith. And the inclination always was and still seems to be Chet Holmgren at two. Uh, that one is less certain. Uh, I think the Rockets would be really happy if it works out that way. I think they're really excited about Paolo Bencaro. What do they see as his biggest attributes to join the roster that they already have? Well, first, they don't care about the roster they already have. Pretty much. I mean, that's, I mean, they care. I mean, mean, the young talent they have. Yeah. Well, or the young talent. I mean, obviously, they care a lot about it, but they don't care about it when it comes to determining who they should draft. That, that's just, you don't have that luxury when you won 20 games. Uh, they, they are high on a lot of that talent, though. They think it's a real good start to a rebuild where there's a large number of players with a chance. They're not all going to pan out. They never do. But they got a good number that they feel like, wow, he could. So they feel good about that. Ben Caro, some of his strengths fit well with other young players in that he isn't one-dimensional. He doesn't have one strength. And boy, that better fit. Uh, He can do a lot of things well. The fact that he looks like a guy with potential to be an outstanding front court passer 
could lend itself well to a backcourt in which neither guy is sort of an old-school point guard. Certainly, Jalen Green isn't. Kevin Porter Jr. is not the old-school style of point. So to have a, a real plus passer in the front court, and with Alperin Shangun, if he continues to pan out, to have two plus passers in the front court might be a nice fit. That said, I go back to what I said before. They don't have the luxury to think that way. you got to take the guy who you think is going to be the best of the group with the best chance of reaching that kind of potential. What are some of the biggest things that you've heard about Bancaro from your chats with executives and, you know, draftnik types, you know, leading up to this? Well, they do view him as a really bright guy, a real solid guy, but a real bright guy, but bright basketball player. But most of the conversation is about the skills, you know, what the tools that he will bring into the start of his career. Um, You know, he's got a, a real good chance. You know, the knocks on him. His shooting percentage, both as a catch-and-shoot deep two and certainly his three, is not great. But the the people I've talked to don't seem very worried about that. You know, statistically, defensively, especially one-on-one defensively, he's pretty good. And so his knock has been about his defense. When you look at his stats, one-on-one defense per synergy sports is better than Jabari Smith, who's going to go first in part because of his potential defensively. The eye test shows you there are possessions where he seems to wander and he hasn't been intense possession after possession. Typically, you think, well, yeah, that's what happens when you're playing basketball at 18 years old. But now they're all 18 years old, so you're sort of, or 19 by the time of the draft or the start of next season. So you evaluate them against each other. And yeah, that is concerning in the eye test, but you certainly see the potential both statistically when you do the analytics and from what I've heard from a large variety of of scout types. Jabari Smith deciding that he wouldn't work out or meet with the Rockets. Is there anything to make of that? Or is that just a guy who's extremely confident that he's going to be gone by the time the Rockets pick at third? That's it. You know, it's become sort of the trend in these recent years is you don't work out for a team that's picking later than you expect to go. And so there'll be guys who won't work out for them at 17 either because no, 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 I'm going to go 12, you know? And so that, that's just sort of the agent uh, MO at this point. Speaking of the 17th pick, uh, do you have a a feeling for what direction they may be uh, leaning in there? If they use that pick, that is. Yeah, well, I mean, they would like to pair the picks and maybe move up or whatever other asset, but I don't know that they would pair the picks to move up one spot or two unless something is happening on draft night that leads them to say, whoa, that guy's available. You know, we got to get him before somebody takes him. But, I, you know, the Rockets insist, and most teams do, and most teams mean it, that you pick the best player you can get. The draft is too much of a crapshoot to limit yourself in any way. The cha- they, GMs don't want to get it wrong. And so they're not going to make it easier to get wrong by trying to fit a need. All that said, most GMs don't take seven first-rounders in a two-year period. Uh, that doesn't happen much. And uh, as I've said before, they view Dacia Nix as first-round caliber guy. Uh, so that that would be eight guys 
they don't want to draft, especially with their second of potentially three first-round pick, a guy who can't get on the court because of the other guys they took. Uh, so they want a guy to have an opportunity, and they would like him to start developing so that whenever Jalen Green is starting to be, you know, he's really good now. He's really panning out. Paolo Beccaro, he's a player now. In a few years, so-and-so is going to be catching up to them. No, they'd like that guy to start catching up now. So, yes, all that is a long way of saying if there's a wing at that same sort of level as maybe the big men who would be on the board or maybe the point guard uh, or combo guard, Ty Ty Washington, I think they go wing. I think that they want a guy who, you know, there's really no difference with most teams, Rockets included, between the two and three. They want a 3-2 or a 2-3. Your most recent mock draft had the Rockets taking uh, Santa Clara wing Jalen Williams with the 17th pick up. What do you see with the upside with him there and how he would fit in? Yeah, I'm not sure the next mock draft's going to have him there. But, uh, you know, he's like in between their two picks, I kind of think. I, I, well, I say, I, you know, I think he's going to be a, a strong shooter. He's got a good feel for how to play. I think he's a guy who can step in more quickly than others. You've got a more mature game and body. I, I don't think he's like a real exceptional athlete. Uh, there's guys who are more athletic, you know, quick burst, quick off their feet, all of that stuff. I don't know that he's going to really excel at getting his own shot in the NBA. Uh, but I think, he, you know, last year they were really high on Troy Murphy. And I think they've had some talks about trying to move to a range to get him. And it didn't work out, of course, obviously. And I kind of wonder if that's an example we can use as something that they like, something that if they can get, and I'm not saying he's the same, but catch and shoot wing who can be a real plus shooter. The Rockets still take a ton of threes, but they don't make <laughs> enough. They're not even close to enough. And, uh, so if they can get a wing who's a knockdown shooter and he has a potential to become close to that, uh, I think that's what they would like. If Malachi Branham fell, I think, I, yeah, and he wouldn't have to fall much, I think. Just a few spots. Uh, you know, that's the kind of thing I think maybe you look at. I had Tyree Eason. I keep going back and forth on him. And I did, the reason in the last mock draft I didn't put him there is I talked to people who you know, around the league, who, and I wasn't getting a whole lot of intel. Like, oh, I hear this, I hear that, in that range of the draft, which in the past years I've gotten more. But the thing I kept hearing is there's so much question of whether in the NBA he's a, a switchable defensive four or small ball five, or if eventually he becomes a three, who's our strong defensive three. And, well, the switchable four slash five defensive guy. Well, that's Usman Garuba. And Eason has a chance. I, I really like him. I think he'd be really a great get at 17. But you watch him he, in college. And one of the guys I talked to put it this way. In college, he could bully people. He bullied big men. He bullied fours. Well, you're not doing that in the NBA. Uh is, is he a big man who's sort of miscast? Uh, so I, I didn't have him going 17, and I'm really not sure what the, what I'm going to do in a couple of days when I do the last mock draft. 
the Rockets also they will be the they will be they will have the twenty sixth pick. The Mavericks will be picking for them, you know, before this trade is finalized. But let's talk about how they got this twenty sixth pick. Obviously, they traded Christian Wood to Dallas, or they are trading Christian Wood to Dallas. The trade hasn't finalized yet for a return of Marquise Chris, Boban, Marjanovic, Sterling Brown, Trey Burke. Obviously, Marquise Chris and Sterling Brown have played here before. And the key is obviously the 26th pick in the draft. Going back to Christian Wood, what was the thinking there to where they they felt he did not fit in with them long term? Was that something that had been brewing for a while or is did that just come to a head recently? No, it, it had been brewing for a while. They sought a first-round pick for him at the trade deadline. I put in my story that night. Uh, they sought a first-round pick for him at the trade deadline, couldn't get one, and in the months since have really seen uh, it was going to get be tough to get a first-round pick. They were happy to get one. Um, you know, if uh, Christian Wood was signed to be the third or fourth, really the fourth best player on a playoff team. You know, he was going to be on a team with James Harden, Russell Westbrook, or John Wall, depending on the time period, and Eric Gordon. Okay, you're the fourth guy, you know, and the front court guy with skills who can go score, uh, who can run pick and roll with Harden. Well, that all changed. Now you got to go be the best guy. And so everything's changed. Now they need to develop the best guy. And in the front court, he needs minutes. He needs touches. He's a guy who, if he's in that role, he's going to be breaking plays and looking for his shot, which isn't ideal for how you're building or for developing with others. He did not play real well with other centers. You know, I always thought it should have worked better with Tice. Uh, it could, should have been made to work better. If he, he, he is so skilled, Christian is, that if you spread the floor, he can, you know, you play real true five out as the Mavericks like to do on occasion. I'm not sure how it's going to work with Dwight Powell, but he can produce. It just wasn't going to happen for him to produce at that level with this team. Other guys aren't going to be featured the way they need to be. And then how do you sign him again? Because he's going into his walk year. So I think he will flourish with with Luca. I don't know how well it'll work, maybe with Dwight Powell, uh, who who does a lot of good things for the Mavericks, but he has a real chance. And plus, Christian Wood in a contract year probably be a good thing for them too. Uh, so I, you know, it made great sense for the Mavericks to give up a late first round pick when you want to contend, and four guys who aren't playing, and it, it sort of cleared the decks a little bit for the Rockets and gave them a draft asset. So if we look at Christian Wood's tenure in Houston, is it just too sim- simplified to call it a failure or did the circumstances just change from when he arrived to what he was supposed to be with the team? Yeah, the circumstances changed. I, you know, it, they had the worst record in the league his two years. So I don't think that's Christian Wood's fault. Neither was he the solution. He didn't prevent that from happening. Is that too much to ask? Yeah, uh, it, it is, but... You know, you're the leading scorer, leading rebounder. That was how he became cast. That was never the plan. They weren't thinking, okay, you know, we got our Kevin Garnett. Uh, 
You know, that, that was not happening. But, you know, that was the job. Uh, and so I, if you say it was a failure, well, in some ways, when you have the worst record in the league for two years in a row, there are a lot of things that are failures. Uh, in some ways, the seasons were not because they've sort of begun the rebuilding that was going to have to happen. They restocked the shelves of draft picks. So not everything's a failure, but some things are, and he could not prevent that from happening. If we look at the four guys that they acquired in that trade, how many, if any of them, do you anticipate sticking with the Rockets next season? The only one that's a possibility is Boban Marjanovic, uh, primarily because he'd be so good for the beat writer to talk to. But no, he Boban, that's what they're assessing. And it, it might determine what happens in free agency. They would like in free agency, if they could try again, this will be the third straight summer signing a center, but try and find a center who fits their future is different from what they have. They wouldn't be signing a guy over the top of Alper and Shingun. That's not what they want. Uh, but they would like depth. Are they better off with Boban, who is sort of a specialist, and he is extremely different from what they have? They're better off with Boban or what they can go get in free agency, someone more versatile than he is. That's what's to be determined. But Boban is, you know, he is a good offensive center. It was sometimes when you need, and he's a really good rebounder on both ends of the floor. So when you get some matchup problems, and my gosh, we're just not at getting a board, or you know, Yusuf Nurkic is beating us up, you know, okay, yeah, Joel Embiid is going to be Joel Embiid, but you can't turn every single big, big man into Joel Embiid. And so... That would be the value of Boban, that, okay, maybe you keep him for that role. But that's what is to be determined, whether it would be him or someone they try and go get in free agency. The others, no, they're not part of the plans at all. Gotcha. Had a little bit of News Monday, Summer League. The Rockets and Magic, you know, who are picking in the top three of the draft, will face off in the Summer League opener. I was curious, how many of these second-year players, these second-year first-round draft picks the Rockets have, do you think will participate in the Summer League this year? Um, yeah, I believe uh, Josh Christopher, Usman Garuba. I don't know. If, I can't recall if, if Alperin Shangun is coming back. I don't think so, but I can't remember. Dacian Nix wasn't one of the first-round picks. But he will be playing. Uh, and then let's just go say Paolo Bancaro <laughs> and two other guys. Let's say Malachi Branham and Marjan Bochamp. I don't know if those are the guys. But uh, and you know what? We didn't talk about this, but I like the 26th pick better than I think they like it. Not because, oh, you're getting some star at 26, but... I think the guys in that area, there's a lot of potential, but uncertainty. Okay, they might not pan out. It's not you know, the. It's more typical of a guy taken at 26, where there's a, a big variance between floor and ceiling. But I think there's a lot of guys with a pretty good ceiling, real good ceiling, and so 
I, I think it's worth taking a flyer there if if things work out that way. They probably need to move some guys. They have too many guys signed. But uh, yeah, I don't think it's terrible that they pick a 26th plus. It'll really make them stronger for Summer League. And that's very important. What would a package of the 17th and the 26th picks get you, in your opinion? Okay, well, first of all, just to make it clear, I was joking about the importance of Summer League roster. Uh, clearly. And, uh, okay, thank you. And uh, it doesn't get, it depends on the year, but this year I don't think it's getting a lot because the teams immediately in front of them are not teams that, oh, they have a great need to get more uh, first round picks. What it would depend on is a team, any of the spots ahead of them. And, and you know, I've, I've heard people say, no, nah, they're not doing it to move up two spots. Well, they might. It depends on the guy. If there's a guy they think, man, I would have taken him seven spots earlier. Last year, Alpern Shingun, the Rockets would have taken it nine. They absolutely would have. A lot of teams would have taken him nine, 10, 11. In fact, the consensus on the mock drafts were 11. And so when he was still on the board, the Rockets used two picks to move up and get him. Uh, so that's what I think. You could move up one or two if if you felt that's what it takes to get so-and-so. And their analysis of the guy was, oh, man, I'd have taken him. I mean, I don't think this is going to happen. I'm not sure this is who they're – I don't think it's who they're high on. It's who I'd be high on. If Mark Williams is falling, and wow, he's still on the board at 15. He's on the board at 14, 15. I would absolutely move up just a couple spots to grab him. I don't think – that's how they're thinking, but that's what I mean. It depends. It's sort of the eye of beholder thing. It's not about the spot. It's about the guy. Gotcha. So last question, the recently completed playoffs, anything really stand out or surprise you from you know the, the past two months on the court? Well, I was a little surprised Jason Tatum kind of petered out before the finals were over that, you know, he's, he's really, really good. His reputation shouldn't be built on a few games of the finals. And I don't think it will be. And they have a really good chance of being back. Although certainly Milwaukee, if Chris Middleton stays healthy, might be favored over them. Uh, Miami did better than I might be, maybe would have expected. Pat Riley apparently can do a whole lot of push-ups still. Um, and so that's something we learned it's, it, you know, I said this on the television show last night. The Rockets have gone from doing everything they can to build a team to beat the Warriors to trying to emulate the Warriors. So they got the first step. Worst record in the NBA? Check. They got it. And so now they just have to do all the other steps. But, yeah, I think the thing, maybe when you think of the Warriors who are doing their celebration as we speak – you know the way players always say, and media seeking to always find a cliche to insert into any situation, you know, what is the, how do you feel about this one? And normally the player or coach will always say, well, it's like my children. I love them all equally. They're all different. Man, the Warriors came out with, I love this one best. <laughs> this is the championship that I love. What are they going to say now? Yeah, that, that, that's one of their things. The, the, the satisfaction they got. And you know what? Going back to the Rockets, and I did hint at this on the television show last night, was 
Seth Curry, Seth Curry did not say when Kevin Durant left, when when Clay Thompson was hurt, and then when he got hurt again, this is crazy. It just can't be fixed, and seek a trade to the Brooklyn Nets, for example. He decided, no, I'm sticking here. Of course, he had three championships in his pocket by then. And perhaps other people who felt something is crazy and can't be fixed did not. But credit to him. You know, he stayed and you can make a case he's even better than he was. And he was rewarded for it. And boy, is he going to savor every bit of it, too. So, you know, there is something to be said for perseverance is a championship quality that, you know, that front office stuck with, you know, and same goes for Boston when people were saying you got to trade Brown or Tatum. No, no, no. We got them. We don't need to trade them so somebody else can have one of them. Uh, patience is a virtue in a front office, and it certainly perseverance is with players. And it was absolutely rewarded. Sometimes the best moves are the ones you don't make. Yeah. Jonathan Fagan, thank you very much for your time. Appreciate your, all your draft insights. For more Rockets coverage, please go to HoustonChronicle.com slash Rockets. And thanks for listening to the Texas Sports Nation podcast. 